The Last Word with Matt Cooper. So earlier in the programme we had the Junior Minister Jack Chambers with us talking about speed limits, particularly on rural roads. But it seems like there are going to be a considerable number of roads in Dublin city centre now on which you won't be able to do any speed at all, at least if you're in a private car. And you may think that this is only relevant to those who live or work in Dublin. But for anyone who comes to Dublin on a visit, maybe going to the Three Arena or going to Croke Park or the Aviva Stadium, they may find that it directly impacts their ability to get to where they want to go to. So we've two guests with us. In a moment, we'll hear from Colin Ryder, the infrastructure coordinator of the Dublin Cycling Campaign. But first... Brian Caulfield, Professor of Transport, School of Engineering at Trinity College Dublin. Without getting too detailed about what particular streets are going to be closed off, can you explain what it is that Dublin City Council is interested in introducing, please? So what they're interested in doing, is, as, as you kind of said there, is they're looking at curtailing the amount of car movements that happen between a particular kind of cordon within the direct city centre. Um, the analysis that, that they've done is that they show that 60% of all traffic in the cordon that they're looking at is through traffic. So it's traffic that's just travelling through the, the, the city centre. And it's that type of traffic that they're looking to get out. Um, they're looking to free up more public space for cycling and walking and public transport and basically making public transport quicker so it becomes much more attractive and then we can meet you know our air quality goals our congestion goals and ultimately our climate goals but when you say 60 percent of journeys are going through the city center rather than to a destination in the city center isn't there still the issue of how the people then get to the far side where they want to get to Yep, that will become an issue. Um, I suppose once the public transport becomes quicker, perhaps some of those people will migrate over to public transport. But there will be, I assume, as part of the plan, there's going to be diversions in terms of the streets that are, have restricted movements, perhaps in different times of the day, or completely restricted, um, to enable that type of traffic to, to, to get through the city. But ultimately, you know, it's a very big and bold statement by the City Council and the NTA to say, we want to keep the core free of traffic and we want to give the core back to the people of the city. But could it also not result in people who have to continue with their cars because there isn't available public transport having to take very long diversions, long journeys, which in their own way will add to emissions? That could, yeah, that could be one of the side impacts of this. But I suppose, as I said, that the main thing to do is to try and improve the public transport offering across the city. And this will happen, you know, in conjunction with Bus Connects and other new public transport systems coming online and enabling people to, to, to take those. And I know one of the things that a lot of people will be, you know, worried about that this new plan basically means anybody that needs a car because of, I don't know, because of disabilities or because of working um, in the city centre, 40% of the traffic that comes into the city has a destination of the city centre. So some of that and most of that probably will still be accommodated for. But how if the roads and streets are closed off? It'll be diversions, so we'll have less traffic, so we'll be able to do two-way streets in different parts of the city. Um, so we'll be, because of the less traffic, that will be something that will be possible. Um, but ultimately, as, as more people move over to public transport, it will enable that two-way um, movement of traffic. Again, not to get too specific on, on, on the different types of roads, but we'll start to see that happen across the city. Does the existing city architecture, though, lend itself to this? 
Um, it does, I suppose. You know, what I say to my students is we have a space problem in transport, not a transport problem. It's a, it's a medi, you know, the, the city itself isn't able for the bigger vehicles that are coming into it. And that's why the city council are, are starting to limit them. Um, it has a huge number of benefits in terms of congestion, in terms of climate. But I think the probably one of the biggest benefits will be in terms of air quality and the improvement of that in the city centre and the amount of people that are exposed to large, uh, amounts of particulate matter which come off cars regardless if it's electric or diesel or petrol the reduction in that should also see a knock-on health health impact i know it's not directly your area but would you not be concerned as well for the impact on retailing in dublin city center if people aren't able to uh, put their purchases into the back of the car before going home Again, yep, it's not my, my direct area of, of, of research, but, you know, having looked at other studies that look at, say, the introduction of cycle lanes and the look at into the introduction of, say, the Lewis, the footfall with the Lewis came on, on stream, had a huge impact on the number of people going up and down Grafton Street and spending money. I suppose in the city centre, you know, the, the, the time, I suppose, is gone that people will come into the city centre to buy something that's bulky that they need a car to bring home. Because they get it delivered to them if they're doing it over the internet, the shopping in the first place. Okay, let's bring in Colm Ryder from the Dublin Cycling Campaign. As a cyclist, what do you make of what's being proposed? Well, obviously, from a cycling perspective, it's a great plan that's being put forward. We certainly welcome the ideas. I think it's more than, as Brian has already pointed out, it's more than a cycling plan. It's very much a plan about the city centre and public realm and public spaces and giving people more freedom to move easily around the city. And I think that that's really critical. Certainly when you compare, and I know you've been speaking there with Brian about the issue of diversion that people are driving to certain locations, uh, sort of not, maybe not quite in the city centre, that the, most cities, or the vast majority of cities around Europe, all have centres that are often that are certainly traffic-free and totally traffic-free. This is this particular plan is not actually saying that it's actually reducing to proposing to reduce traffic to essential traffic. And I think that's a that's a, an important statement to make in terms of where we're going in, in Dublin City overall. Yeah, it's an interesting point as to what has been done in other European cities. Have they successfully moved away from? having a dependence on car transport, limiting the amount of cars that can come into city centres, and how has that worked for them? Well, certainly the, the, the examples are there, you know, in Belgium, in France, in, in obviously the, in the big cities like of Holland and Denmark in particular, they're, they're, they're great examples. Yes, so, so the examples are there. Uh, people have moved to um, to more active travel, to walking and cycling, uh, and, and, and obviously public transport is a big factor in this too. And as as Brian Caldwell has pointed out there in in his statements, like well, the, but the part of this plan is to ensure that public transport, that public buses in particular, move more swiftly and more reliably uh, along their routes guiding people into the city centre to be able to do their business. Would it be safer for cyclists? And the reason I ask that is that recently I've observed some buses driving into cycling lanes and been almost terrified watching for the cyclists involved. Can you see the lack of cars genuinely making it safer for cyclists or will they still be highly at risk because of the likes of buses other forms of public transport and indeed delivery trucks which presumably are going to have to be allowed into Dublin city centre as well. 
Well, in, in terms of cycling safety, and that, that's something obviously that we would be very concerned about in general, uh, the improvement in, in a network of routes through the city, and this is obviously the city centre is the initial side of that, uh, where, where you can actually be guaranteed to be separated from traffic, uh, but whether by ideally by a, a physical division between the cycle track and the and the, the main traffic, that's that that's, that's what guarantees some level of safety. But also, you need to know that you will be able to go from A to B uh, along a certain route and be safe along the full route, not just go and park the route and then then stop and not knowing exactly where you're going or mixing with traffic. So that's part of the, we see that as part of the overall plan, and certainly in terms of what is initially proposed, but, but these things need to be fleshed out. Well, this may seem a little bit tangential, Colin, but if you are, or if the Dublin City Council is going to be encouraging more people to cycle to work or in to do your shopping or whatever, are they also going to have to put in place a lot more parking places for bicycles, which will be safe from theft? Well, no, most definitely that's part of a long-term plan. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of a lot of progress in the last number of years on bike parking overall and on safe bike parking, similar to what happens in Drury Street or on the the Cotterbrewer Street car park on the north side. Uh, but 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 there are more parking locations for bicycles being put in place all the time across the city. Okay, and I want to go back to you, Brian Caulfield, in relation to what's done in other European countries. Are there good examples that Dublin can follow to make this successful? Yep, there are lots of good examples. Um, some of them come with a congestion charge, so London and Stockholm, they would be, would be good examples. But if you look at some of the, the cities in Italy that have historical cores as well, you know, during the weekends and, and, and sometimes during the full week, um, um, traffic is diverted away from the, the city centre. So there are lots of examples that we can look at. But the thing, as I said at the start, this plan is massively ambitious. But one of the things that most cities have that have done this and have done this really well as a directly elected mayor, this plan is going to take a huge huge amount of political courage, um, a massive amount of dialogue uh, with, the, with the people of the city to make this change happen. And the, the cities that have done that have had a mayor and the director or the, the mayor of the, the city has had that authority. Barcelona is another great example. Paris is a fantastic example. So there's a rich a richness of examples across Europe. And we just need to follow their practice. And what they're planning to do, while it might seem a bit, you know, radical, it's not radical in a European context. But does that mean then, would you be fearful that it's not actually going to work? I think at anything at the moment, transport, Matt, I'm fearful are not going to happen um, because of delays and, and, and planning, etc. But it really needs somebody with a mandate um, because we're taking away large parts of the city from the car. To drive this through, excuse the pun, there will need to be a mandate to do it. And one other thing, if this was to work for Dublin, could you see it working in other major Irish cities, particularly the likes of Cork, Limerick and Galway? Um, yep, I could definitely see it working in those cities too. But like, if you look at Galway, large parts of that, that city centre are already taken away from the car. I'm from Waterford. Uh, Waterford's a fantastic example of uh, of cars been taken out of the city um, over over a number of years. Um, so there are even great examples within our own country that we could be looking and at. People give out about it, but do they adapt to it quickly? It would, that would seem to be the case. Um, there's initial hesitation, and I think it was cited a number of times about, say, Grafton Street and Henry Street, that there was hesitation at the start, but now we would never go back to the way they were. 
Professor Brian Caulfield from Trinity College Dublin School of Engineering and Colin Ryder, Infrastructure Coordinator at the Dublin Cycling Campaign. Thank you very much, both of you, for being with us. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today, FM.